hey, I have an idea. Why don't we just uh, stop messing around and just get right to it today, okay? Here we go. Let me start on. This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from the well-equipped Humble and Fred Studios in Toronto, from our cottage-like Brampton facility, and from Howard's Kitchen right next to the coffee maker. And is brought to you by Bodog, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Air Adventures, evnet.ca, GoDaddy, and our newest sponsor, Architect Outdoor Living. Better building by design. And now here are two men who, now that an 80-year-old can run for president, feel underachieving, feel like underachieving 60-year-olds. It's Humble and Fred. Come on, Sid. Thank you, Dan. Uh, I'm not rushing you out of here. I just said, you know, Dan's like... He's got work to do here in Toronto, Fred. He can't hang around with us all day. Last, He's got stuff to do. Day, yeah. My last night. You know, it's your last night where? In Toronto? Yeah, here at the place, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's not your going. last day on the job that you're doing uh, for your for Well, your I'm trying to make it the second last day, probably. Tomorrow, finish things up, I think. Um. No, I know it's busy times, but have we uh, had time to uh, prepare our taxes, fellas? Uh, I'm mine's uh, done. Yeah, you know, mine's just about done. There's, um, you know, there's the strike, the public service strike, but the yes. government says there are not, there will not be an extension. So May first, you must file. So. Are yeah, we gonna how, be oh, good. God. Are we going to be good Canadians and pay our fair share on time? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I brought this up a couple of weeks ago. I said that uh, that union, including the CRA, was thinking of going on strike, but we haven't had an update since. It is interesting that... Uh, <laughs> that say the, that again? What, what did you just say? <laughs> thinking they are. No, I brought it up a couple of weeks ago oh, when they okay. were contemplating oh, right. this move. Oh, okay, right. I'm saying you and I have not spoke about it since. Oh, okay. Or maybe I mentioned it last week briefly, but I, I was curious how they how the government was going to handle that so they're because so they're going to say you still have to file by may 1st we just won't be able to process it until these people come back mm-hmm. yeah well that includes paying any money you owe and i fall into that category this year unfortunately yes same with me I, so they they're so they say no matter what we don't have people here but you still have to pay it mm-hmm. on time Yes. All right. Well, that's how our system works. Because when they come back, I guess they'll just, you know, they'll note what time, uh, when your deposit was made and then uh, react accordingly. Do you do your own taxes? No. Yeah, neither do I. We're, we're, you know, we're lucky because the people that do our corporate taxes uh, have become my accountants and it's pretty i will say this over the years my filings have become simpler and simpler now that i'm not married but uh also just the i the the simplicity of accessing records now as opposed to trying to gather up a bunch of paper yeah i you know what i could probably do it if i wanted uh, you know i put my mind to it or get out on the street here to you know h&r block or something and save some money 
to have an accountant do it isn't cheap, but to me, it's just the peace of mind done properly. They file it electronically. Yeah. I know it's uh, no questions uh, as far that I do this right, that I do that right. That's you know. <laughs> Dan. Are you uh, are you still doing it old fashioned? Like, do you get like a, like an old a mimeograph machine where you fucking make copies on carbon paper? Oh yeah, that's the way to go these days. And use the, you know the uh, what is the you know the uh, slide rules and whatever slide rules abacuses uh, abacuses yeah. What do, how do you do go. your taxes? You know, there, there is there is a point uh, the uh, to extending the the deadline though is that there's a lot of people in society who haven't got the access that uh, most people do and uh, small businesses they may need uh, questions answered by somebody at CRA and if they're mm. not answering their phones. You know, you just—it's a best guess scenario. Or if you can't get certain documents, I guess you'd have to refile after after you you know they get back together. I don't know. I would guess that anybody that's in a position to pay taxes or file a tax could get those questions answered by somebody. I'm just willing to bet. But so you're saying that there's only questions that the CRA could answer. Well, I think there's also some forms that uh, that you can't really get without. I, I mean, some answers on some certain forms. Like I don't know. There's I. I mean, I don't know. I is this, is, are you saying that? Yesterday. Is this somebody you know whose uh, name rhymes with Fanderan? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. How are how do you? So no. that's how Fred and I do our taxes. Again, uh, I, the simplicity of it. The fact you know the Sherpa, you know, hit the the access to my. You know, investment uh, documents that need to be sent to the t- very, very simple. How do you right. do your taxes? Oh, you're talking to me? Y- yes, I've already spoken send, to Fred. Send him to an accountant, and an accountant does all that stuff. Well, that's yeah. great. Yeah. yeah, and as I say, it costs a little bit more. You know, a lot of people hate this time of year, but there's a certain pride I carry in this time of year. You know, because it's a significant date when, you know, everyone's contributed and, you know, that's what keeps the country going. Mm -hmm. You pay your fair share and um, we all benefit as Canadians. So how do you how do you find a problem, a problem with that? Yeah, I mean, it's intimidating if you owe a lot of money and you don't have it. But uh, it is part of the process. It's you know what you know, you know, this is called, fellas, this is called a covenant. It's the covenant to use a religious term, that we make with each other in this society. Yeah, that's right. And it's like um, it's like voting. If you don't vote, don't complain. If you don't pay, don't complain. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, man. Sorry. I'm just, I'm, just reading, I'm just reading something from our Come friend. On. Just reading some fucking nonsense from our friend Darren. Uh, yes, don't don't complain if you can't pay your, if you can't do the time, don't do the crime. <laughs> um, so yes, you're so you're trying to get everything done at your job site today. Yeah, uh, and then if you have extra, well, no, do, tomorrow, oh, tomorrow, because right, because yeah. you're going to be here tonight, and then right. tomorrow, and then you'll just be back in Peterborough all the seven months because you moved in around somewhere in October. You're moving out. My kids moving in. My other kid, I feel like you're like having you around here has been kind of like having a grown up child. It's been very interesting. Mm, yeah, with the cupboard doors. <laughs> the cupboard doors. Oh, my goodness. It's been yes. quite a journey. Um, I go all these months without 
seeing Dan, and then within a couple of weeks, I'll be seeing Dan all the time. All the time, yeah. You might say, I'm going to pass the baton. Dick joke, <laughs> dick joke, dick joke. Okay. I'm passing the Dan Duran baton. A dick joke. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. When yeah. do you boys start going up there? Second well, Friday. Well, I Dan can go whenever he wants because he's got himself a shoulder pass. Uh, <laughs> what the fuck is that? I know what it is, but you can't just say he's got every shoulder he's pass. Got himself a shoulder pass. <laughs> well, tell people what it is. We're not all That's trailer me. people. That means for a few hundred bucks, you can access the park all winter. I, I choose not to get one because I have no interest in going there. But Dan has one. So, Dan, he can go there today, tomorrow if he wants. He can leave your place and move right in there if he wants. Me, I have to wait to the second Friday in May, which is fine for me. Because mm. looking at the forecast, you know, between now and then, I may have to shovel snow off my deck up there. <laughs> well, it's so fun. funny. I, was, I called Fred yesterday afternoon. He said, where are you? So I'm coming home from the golf course. And he sort of made a noise. I said, yeah, I know. I know. There was a point yesterday afternoon, Dan, when I was playing golf that it actually started to snow on me. Oh, did it really? Yeah, just for a second. Oh, I missed that. And I said to myself, I think I'm getting snowed on. Mm. Anyway. Well, I canceled a golf game today. Um, it looks nice right now, but the forecast yesterday for when I was going to be on the course was going to be 8 degrees with a stiff wind and the chance of wet flurries. Uh, that so is- I phoned, and you know what, Howard? I was a good citizen. I phoned and canceled. The guy thanked me so much. He said, thank you very much for calling. And I said, well, no problem. He said, you know how many people book and then just don't show up? And mm-hmm. he said, it's not... He said, it's not fair to us. And I said, I totally agree. That's why I'm calling. Why would I do that? But a lot of guys do that. It's a very nice thing, yeah. And then just don't show up. What's your minimum uh, uh, golf temperature there, Fred? It adjusts every year. As I get older, it gets higher. Like I I have no interest in being outside on a golf course being... Cold, cold or, or uncomfortable yeah. in any way whatsoever. Well, like I ten degrees. Yeah, oh, no, I, I, I wasn't going to play for a couple of weeks, uh, but the problem is, you know, because I, I have no tolerance anymore for being cold and aggravated. All and the problem is though, this weather is going to be with us for the next few weeks. And if I don't play on the occasional day, like I'm playing again today, it's ten degrees this afternoon with light winds, no chance of showers now. So that's where I, for, for me, for the rest of the week, though, it's like showers, light rain, no interest. Well, there, <clears throat> I think starting tomorrow or the day after, it's six straight days of rain. Yeah. I saw an explanation for it. Um, mm. Here we are on the weather again. But uh, my mother-in-law, she's uh, with us right now. Um, Temporarily, not permanently. Um, Do you mean still on this earth or at your home? <laughs> That's the same thing I thought. <laughs> Our, my mother-in-law, who's still with both, us both, until she both. until she perishes. <laughs> both. But she likes global news, and there was the global news weather guy explained it last night. There's this thing. It's you know sort of above the east coast, and it just keeps swirling and sucking bad air. Mm out of the arctic and just keeps throwing it this way for a while or something and it's uh and as he said he was quite stressed out that he says he doesn't i don't see an end to this he says it's just a perpetual thing eventually it will move but unfortunately um 
it doesn't look good for the ne- for the next week or so or yeah. more. And, and may I say something that you would say mm. had I been reporting this story? You'd say like, why can't that thing? Why can't it fucking be somewhere else? Why did it? <laughs> Why can't, why, it just why can't it be a nice swirl? Well, yeah, exactly. Why couldn't it be a swirl mm-hmm. of golden puppies and rainbows? But, like we had two weeks ago or whatever. Yeah, where it was just... And all that was mm-hmm. happening is little drops of golden honey were flicking us. And it was a bit sticky, but the temperature was nice. And part of the, tra- uh, part of the aggravation, I'll call it. Mm-hmm. I was going to say tragedy. Tragedy. Please. It's horrible. Come on. Keep things in perspective. The weather <laughs> tragedy. Yes. Okay. <laughs> it is. Boy, I was about to sound like a super asshole. No. Um, was about part to. Part of the aggravation <laughs> is that <laughs> the, uh, you know, the norm right now is about 14, 15. Oh, yeah. And we're looking 10, 11. As I said, like at noon today, the forecast was for eight degrees on that uh, on that golf course. Yeah, check I'm it out. Do- I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. It's not getting to 15, which is about average, until around the 8th of May. And and you know what? I don't ca- see when people, oh, the weather again. These are important discussions. <laughs> These <laughs> and, are the important uh, discussions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we didn't actually f- establish the minimum temperature, golfing temperature for Fred. When he did. He said 10 degrees. Oh, no, 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 no. Dan said 10. I said, I said 10. no. I, I'm, more, I'm more a 15 guy now. 15, 16. And you know what I do, Howard, too? Number one, do you think that was a nice, that is a good thing to to phone and cancel the golf course, right? Because there might be guys waiting who might want to get on. Of course, it's a very, you know what that is? It shows a a certain level of courtesy. It's two things. Courteousness and etiquette. Mm -hmm. A nice etiquette. Yeah. Would that be called part of the golf etiquette or just human being etiquette? No, I, I would imagine most guys that book... On days where, like, listen, if it were raining yesterday, no one expects you to call. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Like, if, if it's a day where you've booked a, a, a tea time somewhere right. and it's shitty. Right. They assume. <laughs> they, they assume you're not coming. But see, I did it yesterday thinking it gives them 24 hours if somebody else wants to go. It opens that slot. Yeah. Another thing I do when I'm looking at the weather for golf is the wind. Oh, yes. The wind it, it can, can ruin be, it. It can be 14 or 15 degrees. Like, listen, if it's 25 and windy, I don't care. But if it's 14 or 15 and it's going to be windy, no, not what if, interested. What about, uh, what about if it's a wind from a particular direction? Will that influence your... <laughs> no, because so I don't care. Degrees. Because 14 or 15 with a stiff wind is cold. Well, What's Dan your maximum said, wind speed? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dan... Since you probably didn't, you didn't ask me what my minimum was because I pro- it's a probably a lot lower than his. There isn't one. It, yeah. There is uh, now, especially okay. I'll tell you, especially after coming back from playing golf in the wintertime, which I'd never done before. I'm a lot more choosy, but I'm just I'm running up against the beginning of the competitive golf season. And I'm trying to get a few rounds in because I got a, literally a tournament the 11th of uh, the 11th of May and looking Ooh. ahead. It is not looking great for that, uh, although it's getting back up to 15s and 16s. So yours is more of a uh, golf over uh, temperature, uh, a golf, golf over passion, passion over weather. <laughs> yeah, passion over weather. Yeah, That's right a good here. way to put it. Yeah, I tell you, I, I'm, but I was not, it wasn't a great, I mean, I had fun yesterday, but it was, it was freaking cold, man. It's funny how the, the psyche works, too, because 
if it gets to be late November, yes, and it's like fifteen or sixteen, I think, oh, okay, or fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. I think it's cool to go out and golf for the novelty of it. Oh, look, we can still go out and golf this late in the year. You take that weather and put it in the spring, and I'm not interested because I'm aggravated that it's not warmer. See, you see what I'm say, saying here? Yeah, but I say the opposite. Like, okay, say it, it. here's because if it's eleven degrees in November, I'm like, mm-hmm. I've played enough already. I'm not going out. It's eleven degrees. But in the spring, in normal years where I hadn't played a bunch of golf, mm-hmm. I don't. As soon as the temperature's not snowing, I want to get back out there, and I because I noticed this year I don't have the appetite having played you know a bunch of times right. in March and uh, February. Well, you know what they say: what's good for the goose isn't necessarily good for the gander, and that just displayed it. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, really? <laughs> That's what, what they say. Is that what, who's saying that? The village people, the people, the people in the, the village people. where we live to go when we go the down. People, <laughs> the people are fucking saying people. That. Yeah, the people are still fucking. We're living in d- d- dirt huts. The only people who are saying that. Okay, Dan Duran. Oh, people in dirt huts who can't, you know, can't get a hold of the CRA to pay their taxes. No. Anyways, Those Dan, people, um, yeah. uh, you're, we're going to let you go. I know you got to go. Okay. You're very busy. Yeah. You guys, you get consider long johns on the course. Maybe that'll help you both out. Little long johns, yeah. base layer of some sort. Well, I went out last Friday with my son, and I wore, and it was interesting. Very interesting. interesting. <laughs> it ended up being about 15 with no wind in the sun, and you know, yeah. the sun is warm this time of year, and I wore a jacket and pants, and about halfway through, I thought... I could be wearing shorts, and I took off the jacket. So, oh, that is quite a story. Did you take away? Oh, yeah. Okay, I was wondering. So you took off the jacket, and then what did you do? I was wishing that I had wore shorts. Maybe because. you should have rolled up your pants. No. <laughs> you don't have pants that have made zippers them into on them. I thought you had pants that zippered the legs off. So no, those are rain pants. The pants I have are really nice. They're uh, Howard gave them to me. Oh, did I? Nice. Yeah, they're a nice khaki color. Oh, right. Um, golf pants. Very nice. By the way, just for your, maybe you should write these down. I'm going to. 59 synonyms for interesting. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. Absorbing. Fascinating. Riveting. Compelling. Engaging. Captivating. Spellbinding. Oh. <laughs> I, think, I think I want to start throwing spellbinding around. I'll take absorbing. Okay, oh, this is very absorbing, fellows. Listen, I'm going to. I might go. I'm, well, I'm going to try spellbinding for the rest of the show, and or entrancing. Okay. <laughs> oh, entrancing so I, might be better because you go to say interesting, and you can, you yeah. can shift when you're uh, if halfway through the eye. Dan, yeah. I find what you just said captivating. <laughs> so it's so it's good. I can have absorbing. Good. You have those. Yeah. Okay. And you could have. You could also have engrossing if you want it. Hmm. Yeah, maybe. Or fascinating is very close to interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, fasc- fascinating does get overused. Yeah, I you think know? I dropped the odd fascinating. Actually, yeah, it doesn't. On this show, fascinating yeah, is not even in the top. No, fucking ten. No, but it's. Uh, it's by the way, you know what's in the top ten? Interesting what? has nine. Funny. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's six interestings, four funnies. <laughs> True man, true. True man, true. All right, well, Dan Duran, uh, you know, tomorrow you'll be waking up here for the last time. We'll the last time. It'll maybe be a sad have a moment. Yeah, maybe have a look back at your time here. Uh, oh, yeah. Very exciting stuff. Um, and you know, we wish you nothing but well, my friend. 
So it's like a Sarah McLaughlin video in my mind, and the, the slow motion moments that you know had you know, closing covered doors and arguing about toasters and things. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm, oh, I'm sure. By the way, I'm when, sure when's that's, the parade? Yeah. Oh, oh. When's the wet Friday? <laughs> when's the parade? <laughs> I, I I don't know, Dan. You, you were the one. No, that would be for when I'm as I'm heading out to the car. There would be a parade. Oh, the parade's for you. Oh, I see. The parade is well, for you, you. What would you think the parade was for? Um, I don't know. I, I would I would assume that being here for seven months, you'd want to do a parade for me. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. But that's just the way I think. Um, right. Well, all right. You know. I'll, we can don't listen. Parade. I don't want a parade. I love a parade. <laughs> you know what? I don't need a parade. Just uh, close the cupboards. Uh, all right. Listen, there's Dan Duran. He's not coming back. He's got work to do. We will have uh, his extro. And uh, it's too bad because uh, Carla Collins, who worked for years with our boy Dan on the television. Yes. It's always fun when those two reunite. In the meantime, let's talk about these fine folks. Hey, everybody, everybody, talk to your advisor. Aaron Ventures is now Boron One, okay? They are an emerging international junior mining and exploration company engaged in the acquisition, exploration, and development of resource properties. Aaron Ventures' strategy is to uncover and capitalize on unique development opportunities within Canada in various regions internationally. The company's objective is to increase its mineral reserves by developing current properties and through the acquisition of additional mining projects. This is Boron One. Check it out with your advisor or check it out yourself. Speaking of checking things out, I guess by now you know that we're involved with this really innovative company called EV Rental. EVnet.ca is where you find them. And what's so unique about this experience is the experience that's so different than any other new car you've ever had a chance to get in, new or used, because as opposed to most selling opportunities, they just want you to take a test drive and get out of there and buy it as quick as you can. Not evnet.ca. What they want you to do is check it out completely for a day, for a weekend, for a week. That is their client buying experience and how unique it is, whether it's the Bolt, the Kona, the Outlander, the Nissan Leaf, or the Tesla Model 3. And I say what you want about Elon, whatever is dick. That Tesla is something else. So if you're interested, give them a call, get a hold of them, and uh, let them know that you heard about it here on the Humble and Fred Show. evnet.ca Did you uh, hear that, uh, (laughs) that's Heli. Did you hear that Heli Belafonte died? Yes. Hey, man. Wasn't he the hey, man guy? Hey, man. Daylight. Yeah, you know, he was a big... It was funny when we were kids. Um, Funny. Oh, see, I I got... Damn it. I had a a chance to use one of our synonyms. I didn't. It's not funny. It's uh, fascinating. It's engrossing. (laughs) When you and I were kids, Harry Belafonte was a big part of, like, television that we watched. All those variety shows... He was just one of those guys who showed up all the time. Yeah, good run. 96 years old. Yeah, man. I sat with my mother-in-law yesterday, and it, uh, again, while watching the news, there was a little feature on Harry, and she was, you know, she was born, what, 1935 or something, so um, 
obviously it affected her, her more than I because yeah. during her youth he was somewhat uh, significant, especially even in South Africa where she grew up. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, yeah, I know we could be all kinds of silly about songs like this, but here's what I remember now looking back on it as a, a grown-ish man. In the 60s, even into the 70s, black people on television were a curiosity to me because there wasn't that many of them. And I remember, you know, Sidney Poitier, Harry Belafonte, Sammy Davis Jr., and a smattering of others, Flip Wilson. There just weren't a lot of them. And Harry Belafonte, when I say, I, I, my earliest memories of Harry Belafonte were of seeing him on somebody's summertime variety show, mm-hmm. where it was still a novelty to feature black artists on mainstream television. Well, um, remember Diane Carroll with Julia? Um, that was. That was huge at the time. Oh, yeah. This black woman was given her own sitcom, fronting her own sitcom. Uh, yeah, that was the name of the show, right, Julia? I think so. Yeah, and uh, I remember that at the time. And again, that was sort of your first awakening of where that became a talking point. It's like, oh, okay, this woman's, you know, especially here in Canada, goofy Canadian. It was like, oh, this woman has a TV show, and then all of a sudden, attached to that is the first black woman to have her own... And it was quite a thing at the time. And obviously, we've evolved from that. I don't know what larger point I was trying to make. It's just that was one of the first things I thought when I'd heard of the passing of Harry Belafonte. That uh, I, I was exposed to him because of how unique it was. Not completely. Again, I, I'm sure someone listening goes, oh, there was plenty of... Yeah, there was. There was plenty of shows. There was plenty. But but it still was... You know, the early 70s was the beginning of All in the Family. And you mm-hmm. think about the racial remarks and jokes. No, I know we've mm-hmm. talked about it. He would never be able to get away with it now. But there was still a racial sort of um, element to that. Mm-hmm. You take someone like Jimi Hendrix, too, you think at the time, 60s, you know, a black guy Mm -hmm. in the rock genre, how, you know, talent and popularity and, well, his music superseded everything, you know? I don't think anybody back then looked at his color. (laughs) Well, certainly the people that were in that age group weren't looking at it. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. But the white establishment of the 60s, the people that were grown-ups, the, the people that were still wearing those stupid hats that people wore, you know, old man hats. Yeah. I'm sure they didn't have a, a lot to say about Jimi Hendrix. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, I didn't want to bog down on that, so your mother... Oh. I, go ahead. No, and I... No, I... Go ahead. I was just going to attach this because I had made a note of it again this morning. You know, we're on the subject of intolerance. Um, you know, Bud Light... Announced sales down 17% since, uh, you know, for April already. <laughs> millions and millions and millions of dollars. And, and I'm just thinking, what a, what a horrible statement on America. Yeah. They're that much power to cause that much damage to that uh, company. And as we mentioned yesterday, over what? Most of the assholes not buying Bud Light probably couldn't ex- explain why. Yeah. You made that point yesterday. And these are just the latest numbers. And I'm, again, I'm just so disgusted. What a statement on a country. I'm not buying Bud Light because, like, I'm telling you, Howard, 
I'm going out this afternoon. I'm buying a case of Bud Light. And I know it's American. It's not Canada. But it's going to be my little gesture. I'm telling you. I'm doing it. That's lovely. You know what? That's also courteous. It's like calling the guy to cancel your uh, your tea time. Think about, and we talked about this a little bit with, with uh, Noel, and maybe we kept talking about it at the end of the show, but I just kept thinking, what a leap that is. I don't yeah. like what Bud Light's doing by supporting an, a marginalized, so mar- one of the most marginalized groups. I don't like that. I'm not going to drink their beer. Like, and even though it's my favorite, even beer. though it's my favorite beer, <laughs> no, but because and again, you, I think you asked this. I asked, who are they hurt? Who are they hurting? What, what statement does that make? And who gives a shit that much about anybody? Well, who they're hurting, not only the company, but what about all the people that work for that company? Like what measures might Anheuser-Busch have to take because of this? So they're not even thinking about what they're doing. Number one, they don't really know why they're doing it. Yeah. And then they're not thinking about what they're doing and the damage that can cause. And again, over what? And it's, again, there's no on, like there's no ongoing thing or support of the transgender. It was a community. It was just a gesture. Like, what is the matter with you people? But even if there was, like Coors Light, uh-huh. I'm, not, what's, I'm not sure of the parent company, uh, Coors Doesn't Light tastes like goat piss. I don't like Coors Light. I think that's the parent company. I think it's Goat <laughs> Piss International. Goat Piss. And I don't know. Listen, I can't, I, I can't remember. It's been so long since I've had a real beer. Is there that much really between Bud Light and Coors Light that you could tell? Yes. Okay, fine. I, don't, I'm, I, won't, I won't dispute that. Mm-hmm. I, I take your mm-hmm. word for it. You're way more savvy than I am when it comes to that stuff. But Coors Light... Has been supporting that community. I, I was going to say that community, the LBGTQ, etc. Right. Community, the alphabet community. Not trying to be, f- you know, whatever. <laughs> For years, uh, orange uh, rainbow flags on boxes, uh, uh, com- uh, events all over the country. What these guys weren't paying attention to that. And that's why it was no, so I, funny. So I many of these guys were throwing out their Bud Light <laughs> and then going to get Coors. It's like, buddy, it's just the world we live in. Yeah. No, I don't understand it. And uh, further to that, last night in Aurora, there was quite a ruckus at the, uh, I guess, I don't know what region that is, York region, whatever, Catholic school board, because I don't want to say a battle, but a, you know, verbal sparring over whether they should raise the gay pride flag at the high school's during the month of June, which is Gay Pride Month. Um, again, there was people that actually got in their cars and went. and Like, I don't care, like, personally, but just think about that. There was people that care enough about that to got in their cars and went down and argued against it. Um, so we're not totally exempt from this stuff. You know, the other side argues, like, why well, just fly the Canadian flag? We're all Canadians, whether you're gay or trans. It doesn't matter. It's just the Canadian flag. That's one argument. But there are those that are adamant that the gay pride flag not be flown. And, right and here in Little Aurora. And it's interesting you bring uh, that up as a bit of a segue from what we were just talking about. Because what I was going to bring up, and I have a little clip here. Oh, don't bring up, Howard. Don't bring up. Remember, that's what we used to call it. That's what our moms used to call it. I know. I'm going to bring up, Mom. <laughs> don't bring up and don't bring up in the car. I used to bring up in the car all the time. Oh, yeah. I have to reset this. Hang on a second. 
Uh, we need a new monitor because this just keeps going out now. Anyway, I, yeah, what I was going to bring up is mm-hmm. all those people that don't like the gays and the trans and the woke people, all those people, all is not the right word. A lot of those people always seem to come back to Jesus. It all comes back to religion. And there's, you know, that's what the Catholics, you know, here's a, here's a system in Canada in 2023 that's based on a section of a religion. Not the, you know, it's not even all that religion. It's just the way they worship religion is different than the Protestants and the evangelicals. And I find that part fascinating that the people that don't like Bud Light now, a certain amount of them, they really love Jesus, though. <laughs> and uh, I'd like to have a conversation with one of them. You think, yeah, I, I want to say, do you think Jesus would not drink Bud Light because one of his people happened to identify as a different kind of human being? Do you really think that's what Jesus well, would do? That's logic. You know, it's also illogical. It's like, you know, even those guys who support the orange, whatever he is. They're not using logic, because if you looked at it logically and went down the list, it would be, well, this guy isn't good for my country. Why am I supporting him? And, you know, there's a real movement in the States now to get more religion back in the schools. And again, that platform has sort of been set by the current right wing or GOP Trump, you know, Trump using religion, the most unreligious guy in (laughs) the history of the world, probably. But using that as a springboard into uh, getting support. But there's a real movement on it's becoming more vocal that, you know, the problem with schools and the behavior of kids is the loss of God in mm, schools. Can you yeah. imagine? I uh, know it's like, hilarious like, to me. Like it, it's it's something else. I have it would t- probably be the exact opposite. You know what I mean? It doesn't belong in the schools because there's so many different religions and religions and denominations and beliefs. Now, keep it out of in- the school, including the belief that. It's all made up nonsense. I have uh, two clips for you. Here's a guy. It's a famous clip of a man uh, how asking Christopher Hitchens how he can justify uh, being an atheist. Uh, here's how he poses the question. How you can justify wanting to take something away that gives meaning to 95% of the American people and replace it with something that gives meaning to just 5% of the American people? Ha! Well... Um, what an incredibly stupid question. Um, first, I've said repeatedly that this stuff cannot be taken away from people. It is their favorite toy, and it will remain so, as Freud said, as long as we're afraid of death. Second, I hope I've made it clear that I'm perfectly happy for people to, to have these toys and to play with them at home and hug them to themselves and so on and share them with other people who come around and play with the toys. So that's absolutely fine. They are not to make me play with these toys. I will not play with the toys. Don't bring the toys to my house. Don't say, my children must play with these toys. Enough with clerical and religious bullying and intimidation. Is that finally clear? So there, the reason I, I wanted to have you hear that, because I thought you'd love his response. That's the most stupid question I've ever heard. <clears throat> the reason I, I've saved that is for a few days now, I've been meaning to bring this up. Bring up. I'm sure you saw this, but we never talked about it. That uh, in Kenya, near a, a place called Malindi, one of the worst cult death counts in recent history. And they say cults. Church leader, some guy named Paul McKenzie, I can't pronounce his last name, 
reportedly told his followers to starve themselves in order to meet Jesus. And the thing that's so sad about this, and that's why I'm okay to identify as an atheist completely now, because there's no atheists' death cults. There's no a bunch of people saying, don't believe in anything, <laughs> but starve yourself to prove the point. Are you, mm-hmm. get, are you getting me? Are you getting mm-hmm. me? Mm-hmm. Not only that, the clip you paid, played, where's that ratio come from? 95 to no, 5. No, it's, it's, it's idiotic. That's ridiculous. I mean, start right there. Church leader told his followers to starve themselves to meet Jesus. Yeah. You know, and again, I'm bringing it up, and I should, I should have the names. I saw Piers Morgan on his show. He had another one of these atheist guys. I'm not sure it was him. It was another guy. And Piers was all full of himself, like, you know, I'm going to crush this guy on, you know, of course there's a creator. How do you explain all this? Mm-hmm. And it's just so, I mean, that argument is so ridiculous, yeah, too. Yeah, I know. Okay. So this one guy, God, never dies, right? He lives forever. And and he's every god, and he's all and he's the gods. Every god. And and where did he come from? So yeah. explain me that. Where did that start? You know, you know what I mean. Why didn't he reveal himself until six thousand years ago? Whenever uh, what it was, That's you right. know, and there was and no. Why, where was he before? What was he doing? Was he busy? Another observation I met watching the news, you know, and again that can be depressing. Why is it the most, the world's most most desperate people? And the world's most punished people through nature, being earthquakes and famine, and tend to be the most religious parts of the world as well. Isn't that interesting, too? I guess it's part of the desperation, right? You need answers. Why, why am I living in... I have to grasp on to something. But do just you, think about that. Do you think... Uh, that you, would you rather say that was uh, fascinating or compelling? I'd say that's... Um, engrossing. <laughs> um... Uh, you know, I don't know. Why are those people? Well, but I guess well, it's not mm-hmm. just that. It's like, you know, the U.S. is a fairly religious country. It's a very, you know, religious based society. The fact that they want to have uh, religion in schools and in, in more religion. But here's a woman I, I found last clip I'm going to play for you because I, I, I had sort of wanted to talk about this religion. And you brought it from Bud Light to this other stuff in, in Aurora. Mm-hmm. Here's what I think is one of the most logical approaches to religion. And this is a U.S. Uh, I can't remember her name. She is a television presenter on something. But have a listen. Um, I don't care that you're a Christian. I don't care what the Bible says. Like, I feel like it's a clown show, like sitting here trying to decipher what your little mythical book has to say about these very real political issues. Right. I don't care if you're Christian. In fact, I will fight for you to have your religious liberty and practice your Christianity. I believe in that. I don't believe in Christianity, which means that you do not get to dictate the way I live my life based on your religion. I don't care what the Bible says. You have every right in the world. All those women who identify with your religion have every right in the world to not get an abortion, to not take birth control. But they do not have the right to dictate my life and what I decide to do with my body. I don't care about your goddamn religion. I'm so tired of having nonstop conversations about what the Bible says. You live your life in the way that you interpret the Bible. Again, I don't care, but you don't get to take the Bible and tell me, well, the Bible says this in this chapter, in this verse. I don't care. I don't care. I don't believe in it. And I have the right, based on our Constitution, to not believe in it. How great is that? Oh, it's just fantastic. How great is is that? 
I, I got to get her on the show. I don't care. I don't care what the Bible says, and neither do I. You can believe in it all you want. It's a made-up fiction fucking story, but I don't care. You just yeah. don't get to be. That's why you know I get so pissed at the Catholic school system. I don't care what your little Bible says, but how you how dare you get to have a completely de- separate school system in this society is beyond me. And that's what bothers me about all the simpletons in the states more and more. You know, they don't want, you know, the whole separation of uh, church and state. I mean, that's the way it should be. But how they more and more try to bring religion again into the schools, into government only because. They know they're going to get votes from simpletons yeah. who follow this shit, who don't take the time to actually ask questions and think about what they're doing and saying and how ridiculous it all is and how divisive it is and how evil the Bible is. You explain something just, to it, me. It just rep- represents. Look, look what the Bible causes. It's caused 47 people to kill themselves well, to meet Jesus. But explain something to me, because you just brought up a great point about the, you know, the idea of the, the separation of church and state, mm-hmm. which I think we have a pretty good handle on here in Canada, for the oh, most absolutely. part. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, the story from Aurora aside and the Catholic school system aside. But in our governing, it doesn't get paraded out as much. However, so, I still cringe at our anthem. You know, God was inserted within the past 35, 40 years, and I don't think that's, I don't think it should be. Fair enough. But I want to ask you about mm-hmm. something you said, though. Mm-hmm. So if that's true, the idea that in, in, in the Constitution, the separation of God and yeah. state is in that document, why then are so many of those politicians, why do they have to? Almost like, you know, you can't run for president unless you talk about what religion you are. But you can run, you know, for the most part, Pierre Polyev aside, you can most part our, our prime ministers. I couldn't really have told you mm-hmm. what denomination they worshipped. Yeah. You know, I get the impression, again, in the United States, a lot of the religion isn't genuine. It's it's well, again, it's cultish like convenience. Yeah. Convenience. I, like whatever the word is. OK, it's not interesting or funny. Hmm. Whatever the word is, it's it's just shallow. It's it's superficial. It's it's a crutch. Mm-hmm. They don't even they don't even buy in because you know you'll buy a gun and you'll hate black people and you'll you know what I mean and the, you know you'll piss on the homeless and all this all these things. But you all, but you but you thump your Bible. It's it's grotesque. Well, oh, one of the one of the grossest things, and there were a lot of gross things during the Trump administration. Mm-hmm. But one of the grossest things, and it will go down in history, is that idiot coming outside the White House with the upside down Bible. Mm-hmm. That fucking guy holding on to a Bible might be not only is it gross, one of the fascinating uh, and compelling, hilarious things. This is why I use the term simpleton with a lot of those people, too. It doesn't take much to investigate and look at the history of Donald J. Trump and see how disingenuous he is when it comes to religion. Oh, yeah. It doesn't take a lot. No. No. It doesn't take a lot. He's feeding you that. Again, it's, again, disingenuous. He's, He's a con man. He's feeding you that. To suck you in. And, and listen, we're going to wrap up here because Carla's standing by. I, the last thing I'll say in this, it's so, it's so, in a way, brilliant because 
there's you know it's that thing they talk about we about being on the team and you're you know supporting your team and you don't and and if something inside your team is really kind of you know icky you don't ex, you don't you don't explore that because it doesn't line up with all the other things you like about being on that team you like know. the Bruins and Brad Marchand. I was yeah. just going to say, there's lots of hockey. There's lots of hockey teams that have a few players that the fans know are, you know, they're sort of bad yes. dudes, but they still support them. No, good point. Uh, where are we now? I'm going to make sure I get this right because we got a big star in our show. Hold on, let me get her in here. So big star coming in. You know, there's a big star coming on the show now. Big star. There's a big city. Used to used to be, I, I, we could relate to the level. Of, there, there's a there's a there's a movie star, a movie star. I say on the program now. It's you know, for, well, I, 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 it used to be something we could relate to, but now a movie star, Fred, has joined our program. Uh, she is the um, she is the star of a uh, a movie called Murder Anyone, for which for for which she won. An L.A. Film Award, cur- currently available on Amazon, Apple TV, and others. The artist, formerly known as the hilarious, beautiful, kind, and gentil, Miss Carla Collins. Please welcome movie star and actress, simply known as Carla. I like that Hello, intro, man. Hello, baby. Hello, you- boys. You look swell. Well, well, well so we feel swell. Well, you you can't be in California because you certainly don't look 5 a.m., that's for sure. Oh, I am in California, Fred. I woke up early this morning and uh, put myself together like a cougar at Coachella. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I've been, you know, I've been following you. Okay, lurking, creeping, whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just, old. Whatever. All I know is I've been looking at a lot of pictures of you and I have not commented because, you know, I... I don't like to say out loud what I'm thinking. I said, but man, you look so good. Not only do you look great this morning, but you are just looking. There's something about you. There's a glow about you. I don't know if you've got a new fella since, you know, you and I didn't work out. But uh, <laughs> but, uh, but I tell you, man, you look great. And I'm so fucking happy for you. And, and, oh, and, hey, and we can swear. <laughs> was your first time on the show. But I wanted you to give um, the context for what I said in the introduction. Uh, I'm really curious about what happened and, and what this movie is and where it, how how you got involved in it. Oh, it's but it sounded so much sexier when you said it. But I'll, I'll I'll walk you through. Honestly, I'm a bit like the Johnny drama of this movie. If you're Entourage fans, and I know it. you are. I am, man. I just watched the Entourage movie again on HBO, and basically, this movie is called Murder Anyone. It was a play. By the late, great Gordon Brassac, who passed away, sadly, uh, a year or so ago. And I did the play here in Los Angeles. I played the role of the blind French psychic, Marie. Mm. So, typecasting. <laughs> I was just going to say, uh, who, who else to play that role? Exactly. Obviously, I owned it like a boss. Yeah. And uh, I don't know, last year, early in the year, his son reached out, who was like this super young and very hot film director here. And he put this together. He made it, this movie as an homage to his father. And, and then it just swept the festival circuit. It won every award, especially writing in this movie. It's like a horror comedy, a horror comedy, horror comedy. Again, again, typecasting. 
Exactly. I won Best Supporting Actress. I'm literally in three or four scenes. So that's how I'm Johnny Drama at the Globes right. at the end of uh, um, Entourage. But wonderful experience. And I'm, I'm thrilled the movie's doing so well. Will this get you a five-picture deal at MGM? No, I'm going to have to bang Tom Cruise for that again. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> He's running out of actresses. I'm yeah. looking good at this point. Yeah. Fred, I'm like, let's go. Freddie and I were going to go, has, has Sam Goldwyn seen your work yet? <laughs> <laughs> it's all he can talk about. So, uh, How are you boys? Wait, you wait. No, we're not, done. we're not done with you yet. Yeah. Well, I'm uh, sorry. Go ahead. If you were going to tell no, us we no, look no, great. No, no tell us we look great. Tell us we look great. I have no idea. I'm pregnant, Howard. Okay. And <laughs> even the, I have a joke about how I've always had a really strong um, birth control game, Fred. Like that's it's locked down, like the Pentagon with the pill and NuvaRing and female condoms and you know a Sentinel, a Bouncer, <laughs> German Shepherd, Shaolin monks, Terracotta warriors, the River Six, the Band Sticks. You get too close, you hear come sail away. But I'm doubling down because now I just t- like I just have a few eggs left. If I, they're like they're very delusional they have no idea their days are numbered they're like old white senators they're just all down there like smoking cigars and having scotch <laughs> get on my lawn i could be a goddamn triplet if i wanted so it's not that <laughs> wait a minute the best part of that joke for me is <laughs> after you made the <laughs> after the whole list including the band's singing <laughs> Down there, and they're singing "Come Sail Away." Not ba- by the way, us. not not babe, Gowan. not babe, <laughs> not uh, light up, but come <laughs> come sail away is a fucking great reference. I'm you, you sailing away. But the the best thing about it is the list, the list, the list, the list. The reference is really funny. Um, I wanted to get back to this movie thing, and, but you were going to say how great we look. Uh, you do well because i think this is the longest time that it's like we almost we broke up i don't know if you wanted me to want you more like it's been maybe a couple years since i've been on the show or seen you boys it has been we we figured you're out making movies you don't have the time for humble and fred yeah i'm a giant star now fred obviously Mm -hmm. it it happens all the time we've had a lot of people like you you know who were with us when they were you know on the way up and as soon as they made it they're like humble and what whatever uh, but, Not to brag, but last night I was headlining at Gallagher's in Long Beach. Where are you now? Um, well, we're going to talk about you. Stand, um, I was going to say, uh, Carla is still doing stand-up. She's one of the best at it, and she'll be in Chicago in May. And if you're listening to us in Chicago, how dare you not even make plans? But we'll tell you where she's been. But, I, you know, what I wanted to say is because we sort of were being facetious about a five-picture deal. But isn't it interesting, curious, fascinating, engrossing? We're trying to come up with synonyms, synonyms for interesting because we say the same thing over the fucking... But, but you've been in L.A. a long time. You've gone on a lot of different projects. You've had television work. You've had a lot of stand-up. You know a lot of people. And then a, a quirky, and I'm going to say this, a quirky little play you did sort of is the one thing. It's like all of a sudden now you're making this movie, um, and it's been, it's been all over the circuit. And all seriously, is this something your agent can use and say, hey, let's, this woman's got some chops. She plays some blind hookers or something. I don't know. <laughs> wow. He was saying that before the movie, and um, <laughs> that didn't seem to get us anywhere. But now that it's a goal, I don't like. I thought it would. <laughs> I'm I'm pretty excited about, especially because acting's not the first thing I said. You know, right. I'm a little less secure about that, so I was pretty excited and 
also just like in the play, she, you know, it's, it's she's not in all the scenes, but it was great to, to bounce off of, uh, you know, it was with Abigail uh, Spencer's brother or Abigail uh, Breslin's brother, Spencer, who's amazing. And like people who are, you know, on nighttime soaps and stuff. So it was, I really enjoyed the whole process. And yeah, it's wild how that all came about. And that's always the case. Also, it's the thing you're not really giving any attention to, as you know, Howard. It's why, it's why you still want me. Because I just give you a little mm. bit, of, oh, you, you and do. then I walk away. Hey, listen, man, always, I'm in between. Wait. I'm in between right now, but I think you're 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 back what? with some. I'm I'm in between. You get no, all yes, I am. What about you? Are you still are you seeing anybody? I still have my bodyguard. There you but, go. You know, okay, he's, he's right. just there for protection because it's a crazy town to be. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but you know, I'd, 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 I'd like to scale that wall. You could do the show from California. Huh? In a second, man. You just have to start. Better it. from my time zone. Yeah, we'd have, have to, to st- get up. And- well, you'd have to start at four thirty a.m. Listen, hey, what from what I've seen, um, Carla would be well worth it. Carla, absolutely. Did you suggest there that what did you say about acting? It's it's not like number one in your list or your priority or something you necessarily want to do. Oh no, I'm just not very. You know, it's not maybe where I I don't have the confidence of a TikTok star or a matador when I'm acting. I don't do. (laughs) You know, I'd love to do more, (laughs) but uh, so um so it's you know I I consider more you know comedy and writing and hosting, but uh, so it was kind of lovely you know that. But uh, yeah, got lots of recognition, and it was re- it was a lot of fun. You're still doing. Uh, I love this now. You're Chuckle and Chill, which is your new name for the comedic meditation, which is kind of around the last time you and I uh, not only spoke. Uh, I'm well, I guess off the air too, man. It's been a long time, and then had you on the show, but but we'll, I'll rectify the next other thing. We're gonna catch up on a little you and me time, but um, comedic meditation is still underway. And now you call it the laugh of attraction. Another great Carla Collins fucking line. I love it. How is that going? And explain to everybody who have forgotten that you do these guided meditations that have a, a sort of a comedic uh, vibe to them. Well, yeah, the two separate things. Um, I came up with this just before the whole Jean-Claude Pandam, um, the forever <laughs> COVID-21. And uh, basically it's myself. Sometimes I, if I'm doing it out in the wild, there's a few comedians and we get everybody laughing, get yourself out of your own head, you know, release of endorphins. And then I take everyone through an authentic, genuine, guided meditation. It's not me saying, let me tell you about this young dude I'm doing. Um, you know, because <laughs> That's right. I don't want people to think Concentrate it's a on your breath. <laughs> exactly. Like, because that would be very annoying. So um, I always say it's like just, it's, you know, just healing or bonding with your coworkers through ha-ha and aha moments. Because... It seems like, you know, in some ways, though, like when I tell people about it, it, I didn't know it would be like hosting a brunch for the Bloods and the Crips at Gwyneth Paltrow's house. Like, because (laughs) the comedians or people who want to laugh are like, I don't want to then shut it down and meditate. That's Mm. why I took the word meditation out. It has too much too triggering for people. And um, and then people in the whole, you know, Botox for your third eye, like spiritual realm are like, are you making fun of us? And sometimes because we but it's. It's and then accidentally, it's sort of like the key to manifesting because you're supposed to laugh or dance or get into a high vibration and then put your intentions and boom. So I have a few things and I put it all under the laugh of attraction umbrella and it, it's like the, the merry mantra affirmations like 
my skin is as smooth as jazz. Because again, when we're saying mantras, we can't get past our subconscious. Right. I am abundant. I approve of myself. And you just feel silly doing it. So if you have a joke like I'm so wealthy, I wear fruit of the Illuminati underwear. <laughs> you're, kind of, you're giggling, but it's get, but, and your subconscious is like, all right, we are. Apparently we're wealthy, bitch. I'm rich. So, so just to so. be clear, you're still doing these guided comedic meditations. Just you're calling it something else. Chuckle and chill. Yes, they're, they're absolutely the same thing um, that I did when I was in Toronto. Right. And I did a lot online, you know, for some pretty big companies like Microsoft, Labatt's, and Chaya Day during the pandy. And right now, to the end of till my birthday on April 30th, um, half $50, no, they're half price. <laughs> $50 make you holler. They're actually more than that, but it's half price for one-on-one, so I... You know, any groups or corporates or just okay. privates. And, and, and my if, brother's like, with the privates, is, is the guy masturbating? Like, can, you just, <laughs> can you see where everybody's hands are? <laughs> That's 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 on Carla's OnlyFans page, but on this particular one, where where would I find you if I wanted to go and sign up for one of your uh, chuckle and chill sessions? What is the uh, site? Uh, comedicmeditation.com. Right. It's still the old, it's the OG name. Comedicmeditation.com. So, or of course on various uh, Carla CarlaCollins.com. You know, there's a bit of a debate sometimes in the you know meditation world about guided versus unguided. I've done them both, and I, I, here's what I found. Unguided, my mind is gone. I, I don't have the, my, it's too much. You know, I can, lay, I can sit there or, or try and get settled and, you know, be where I am and all that stuff. But I, I invariably do things. I lose patience for it. I do. And the 20 minutes is too long. But the last few months, six months almost, I've been doing Sam Harris's app, um, waking up, and it's guided. They're short, t- ten minute guided meditations, and right. it's more, and it's and what is it's more like just kind of a chance to kind of. I just like it. It's having somebody tell you, you know, okay, don't forget. Hey, if, you, if your mind's starting to wander, all you have to do is bring it back to this point. So I can only imagine having somebody like you uh, to guide us would be uh, also entertaining as well. I'm a bit of a shirt, but well, the, you know, I also personalize them a little bit. What I've always done with comedy, as as you know, Howard, when you know when you get a gig, it's for a certain group, or mm-hmm. someone's like, I, "Here's what I really want to work on," then I can work that into um, the meditations. And then you've got my phone sex operator, adjacent <laughs> voice, <laughs> that is no longer being put to use on radio, um, which is so, bullshit. Uh, I know. I'd love to. I miss it. I miss it. I was, uh, of course, um, uh, the now late, great, wonderful Don Daynard's, um his daughter reached out to me and was uh, and we were having wonderful memories. Did you work with Don? I did. I was really lucky to work with Don. I um, for a, a while there, if Aaron was away on vacation, they would bring me in mm. when I was at the TV and we were constantly, but I was constantly in trouble because, you know, Don and I are both fans of fart jokes. <laughs> and I'd bring in a buster and he would be farting and, or Don would make a bit of an off-color joke and I would, you know, tag it like oh, the Loin King. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it was constantly, Carla, see what Aaron does is balance Don. <laughs> and, I was, and I was just throwing like gasoline on all of Don's jokes. That's and funny. We really we became really close. I, I just adored him. Nobody had a better laugh and I had a blast. I super really fond memories of every moment with him. He was he was a, a prince among men. Yeah, that's one of those guys, eh? That 
be pretty hard to find anyone say anything disparaging about him, mm-hmm. which is pretty unique in our industry. Honestly, it is. Exactly. You know, it would be the complete op- would be the complete opposite after one of us goes. It'll just be like, I never liked them. I ne- Don, I'll tell you one thing. Don, I'll tell you one thing. One thing Don Dater didn't do is make fun of youth for an entire decade. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right. Well, you guys were making fun of me while I'd be, you know, often um, filling in with Don. Yeah. We don't remember. <laughs> That's right. That's like, you know, we don't remember don't those things. Um, we were saying that yesterday too about Aaron Davis. It's like, you know, it was hey, it was part of the job back then. You had to do that kind of thing, right? Yeah, we, we said some horrible things about her too. <laughs> oh, you know. Well, yeah, you know, we I did. Every day, like I always thought that was a bit of a, a badge of honor, though. Like, I mean, you know, if somebody's oh. taking the time to point a joke at you. I mean, now I'll take it. Meanwhile, yes. Howard, Howard and I are sitting there going, why doesn't anyone ever mention us? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> us, how come no one cares about us and our 3.7 share? Come on. Right. Make jokes about us. But you know, now look at you guys with the, like, the whole, you know, the, the pod fathers. Yeah, we're, you know, we're pretty yeah. great. Uh, we're pretty great. Yeah, we're pretty great. We're pretty great. <laughs> you know, when I look at you, Carl, I have so many great memories of recent times together. Uh, and uh, when I was thinking about you coming on the show, for some reason, I, I had a couple of quick ones. One is we did a show. Freddie was there, actually, where uh, we did the show at the Legion. But that was actually a good show. We, had, we all had good sets that night. You and I have done shows at the place up in Barrie where I apparently, you know, I uh, will live on in infamy, infamy for not buying your Wendy. <laughs> Not buying your Wendy's. And the other one is when oh, you were right. I forgot about when that. you were doing a, a gig weird. at our Mississauga restaurant. You had me open for you, and I just fucking ate it. Um, and then the one, the one night is where you were headlining, and I had to go on. I was it was the late show, and I had to go yeah. on after the guy. The uh, can't remember. JJ. The JJ. Was, it was so funny. Just, just watching you watch the me as it got closer for me to go on stage, you just kept going, well, it's over to you, buddy. And uh, anyway, I just have, I don't know what that point of that was, although I just, because other than the, when we used to make fun of you, now I have such fun uh, feelings for you. Well, as you, as you both know, like you, the, that's my whole love of, and why did the laugh of attraction? Because when you can share a joke, you know when two people's eyes meet, like to me, that's just better than sex. Whether you're both okay, tr- follow that. Howard, and you're like, oh, listen, yeah, that was the greatest. It was the greatest. Graphic filth, and you just kept looking back at me as my favorite moment of the night. And we've had we've had a few things where we're with, and there's just madness around us because we're hosting God knows what. <laughs> no, <laughs> you gotta pull it out of God knows where to yeah. make the whole night sing. Just yeah. madness flying around. I those are my. I love it. Yeah, those are I some of my favorite. Well, well, I like when it's like just fire festival adjacent. Yes, you know I where it's just, well, this is all going to go horribly wrong. Yeah. Are my oh, yeah. favorite shows at all times. And we've done a few of them together. In fact, it's funny. I was thinking about those shows in Barry. I can't. I know Fred came up to see me again at that charity thing that uh, our old buddy KJ did. But I'm not sure right. if you were, I'm not sure if he was there with you when because you were there for the night that I headlined and everything was going great until the woman got fucking drunk and came up on stage with me. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. And as as she and I was doing pretty well. I was like 20 minutes into like a 40 minute set or 35 minutes. And at the 20 minute mark, this woman, I can see her coming through the audience. Mm. I'm like, well, where is this going to go? <laughs> like, what what is this I, going to be? You're killing it. And then what? <laughs> <laughs> what? And this was before you know, the Chris Rock slap. I, 
<laughs> you're again way ahead of your time. Absolutely, always the OG for that. Yes. Well, I just um, the other night I was talking about how it sometimes it's just wonderful to do comedy where they're actually expecting comedy. Yes. As opposed to the ambush shows, uh, even I mean, look, last night was great at Gallagher's because it was Tullamore Tuesday, and I said, <laughs> "What is that?" And he said, "Well." You know, it's an Irish whiskey. He said, if Jameson is Catholic, Tullamore is the Protestant version. And I oh, love right, that. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I said, by the way, I've ordered two big gingers and a skinny ginger, and no good-looking redheads have been sent to my table. But, you know, they're <laughs> Irish, so they're up for But I've been doing, like, you know, I, I did, uh, I, I'm now on this burlesque circuit mm-hmm. somehow. And the very first night I came there, I assumed, okay, the comedian goes on first. And they put me on like I was up fourth or fifth after. And by the way, burlesque in quotes in California, because it's just chicks grinding. Like it's basically you're following four strippers. <laughs> I'm thinking, who wants to hear? And it, everybody's like, I'm Lola La Boutte and Paris Bonbon. And I'm like, hello, I'm Gigi Hadidn't. <laughs> and uh, I ended in the splits and I'm like, that's how it's done, young bitches. Good night. And now I'm just wow. constant. Now I'm just a regular. But yeah. you know, I, I played at a hospice, and I was like, "Well, we were all dying, weren't we, that afternoon?" Oh, that's really funny. Oh, Rough. <laughs> Rough rooms. Yeah, you know. <laughs> again, I uh, I sit back and listen to this, and you know Howard and Barry and wherever I've seen him, I don't know how you people put yourself through that. <laughs> no, I mean, me it's the stress that's got to be attached with standing up on a stage and being funny. I just, I my hats off to you. Well, yeah, well, Fred, but, we're not well. We obviously no, there's something like I don't know what kind of daddy issues Howard and I are both collectively. <laughs> I've got all. I, from, I, I, I've got every relative issue. Cast of succession. Exactly. Like just, <laughs> you know, I, it's funny what comics also remember though. It's not the because there's you know you can it's the, the the easy the fun gigs or the big gigs are are the easy ones. The ones that make me laugh are the fun the funniest ones I remember are the ones where it goes horribly horribly wrong. You know, one of the ones I remember was. <laughs> Doing a corporate up in some convention place up north, and the manager comes to me. By the way, first thing you watch, I walk in the room. They're all round tables. Horrible. The lighting. There's yeah. no. There's no lighting. They can't make the lighting low, so it's room lighting. The stage is like a half a riser, so it's all already bad. But the manager comes up to me and he says, "Hey, before you start the show, uh, I need you to do these raffles." I'm like, "Oh, okay. Well, oh. fine. I'll do a raffle." He goes, "Also, maybe I'll do it after I bring up. You know, before I bring up the headline." He goes, "No, no. That's how we start." the show here <laughs> like so mm. no introduction to me the host i just walk up and people are still eating i'm like uh yeah ladies and gentlemen <laughs> yeah the show's about to start <laughs> but but first does anyone have one five zero <laughs> oh yeah like, that's no, not I, humiliating no i, I know mean, that that's why you know when they'd ask even me to host a golf tournament it's like actually you just want me to read out winning numbers absolutely right? that's, that's the whole idea of this thing so the thing so humiliating when it was over i was still, i was still with ex-girlfriend rachel who's my buddy mm-hmm. so i she said how did it go i said well it started with a raffle uh draw and it got worse <laughs> it got fucking worse after that <laughs> that was the high that's that's peaked. that's what i that yeah that I- that bit killed because uh, hosting you're already taking the bullet and there's always oh, yeah. you know and you never know if they're going to send a tip jar or all of a sudden there's a band play. Like, it's all, it's always some type of squid game scenario. Yeah. That you <laughs> That's right. Still oh, rise fuck. up to the challenge. Well, anyways, <laughs> man. I, those are my, again, I guess. Now, I don't know. I've been doing it a while, Fred. And 
honestly, like at the, it was terrifying and you're right. And that's why I stopped stand up when I was in my twenties. I'm like, I can't, I this is optional. Yeah. I don't need this. Mm-hmm. I'm a giant star at the weather network. I have a radio show. Mm-hmm. I don't need this bullshit. But then you realize like, I think it's cause you're, you're writer, producer, actor. I don't know. It makes everything else seem easy. Like anything I've had to deal with in my life, I'm like, have you done stand up at exactly. a club? You're fine. Yeah. Well, it's in your blood because I've seen uh, Howie here, like for like even in recent history, you know, take these gigs at Yuck Yucks and stuff like that. And when he doesn't really have to and see the stress that he goes through beforehand, it's like, I again, I admire that. Funny you say that. Funny, it's, it's in your it's in your blood. So you got to pursue it, I guess. Well, and, and, the, and the thing is, and Carla will tell you, the longer you go in between gigs, because for the first when I when we when we sort of reunited, you know, it feels so good um, uh, for four or five years there, I was doing gigs all the time. You know, every week I was on stage two or three times a week and it's and it's easier. But I got asked because I've been on stage. I did Yuck Yucks in the fall. Then I got asked to do a club. And I and, it, and this has been sitting in my email for a week now. A guy has an independent club here saying, hey, do you want to come host? And I said to one of my kids the other day, I said, I don't know if I have the energy it mm-hmm. takes to get I can I could do 10 minutes now but I'd have to think about it you could do 10 minutes right now well you've already done 10 without thinking at all it's just a muscle I, I opened with a raffle <laughs> that's right that's right. That's that is my new that's my new thing. Anyone got but uh that's the reason I'm hesitating is because I don't know if I want to put myself part of it is I want to do it because I've got stuff I want to say. But part of it is I know I would take a few days to have to get to get back your to get your head into it again. Whereas yeah, you got to stay frosty. You, you that's I mean, that's why I'll still make sure I jump up, you know, no matter what other projects I have going on, I'll still try to get up at least every week. Yeah. Uh, well, you like also, it, you know. and you have the advantage, though, my love, of, of many things. Not only are you incredibly attractive and, and uh, gentil, but uh, you have a, uh, you maybe don't know this about uh, Carla, but I know, which is why she'll never forget the 677 I didn't pay for at fucking Wendy's, <laughs> is Mar- Carla has a photographic memory. And so, unlike a lot of uh, comedians, myself mm-hmm. included, she That's has handy. no problem uh, remembering uh, material. Mm-hmm. Whereas, literally, to the moment I'm walking up on stage, going, "How does that? <laughs> how does that bit that I've been doing for ten years go?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> By the way, I had forgotten about the Wendy's thing, though. I feel like that that might be a you thing <laughs> that you keep bringing it up. Yeah, how did that story go? Come on, it doesn't you matter. We're out of time you didn't now. Buy her. Yeah, I want. She drove you somewhere. No, I drove her. I drove her to the gig. We went for a quick pre-game meal. I got some. No place. Remember that? That was a part of it. We're like, oh, we're gonna find some place to eat. We didn't. So we went to Wendy's, and I just paid for mine, and she paid for hers, and made some remark about you're not going to get me Wendy's. And that's why we've never been together. Yeah. (laughs) All I know is, if I had to stand up on a stage and be funny, the last thing I'd do is eat Wendy's before I get up there. I know (laughs) that. That's right. It's true. And I I still, like, uh, that's the only reason I'm slim. It's because of stand-up. Oh, that's right. Yes. You don't want to hunker down. It's no, easy to stay keto yeah. friendly when you're doing stand. Yeah, you're not going to because, Mandarin yeah. buffet before a gig. I uh, listen, <laughs> no, man. Mandarin. I love it. Some of my like favorite Fight club. No rule. <laughs> Mandarin buffet. I so think I stole the centerpiece from there once after my mom died. I'm like, I'm doing crazy shit. <laughs> Fuck. Why are you? Why are you? Why are you in jail? I stole the centerpiece from Mandarin. Hey, listen, <laughs> man. 
Uh, we oh, got it. I mean, that way I ran the place, as you know. We, uh, <laughs> yes. of course. Uh, I can been, hear music. Am I being played off? What well, can you hear the music I'm playing? Yes. I've got to. <laughs> I've had that. I've had that in the chamber since you got on the show. Uh, listen, you're too close. You're too close to my snooge. It's uh, <laughs> and there's a troll that asks really hard questions. The fact that you call it your snooge has never made me. I've never wanted you more. Uh, let's uh, let's keep it. I mean, this is ridiculous. It's been so long since you've been on the show, but also I will uh, follow up this to you and me have a chat. Okay, buddy. And I, I I love your listeners. I sent so many nice messages. They're all so sweet. So we just guys say when this is all done, the three of us just get an RV and tour. Yeah, man. We just do the, the show locally. Freddie can have Wendy's. You and I won't get into any fights because we'll just go right into the up. Listen, we got to go, but, but before we do, uh, Chicago, uh, check out Carla Collins. Where will you be in May? Uh, it's called, I think it's called the Practical Theater Studio 5, uh, which is May 12th and. No, May 13th and 14th. Okay. And for uh, a limited time only until the birthday, uh, you can get yeah. Chuckle and Chill at 50% off. Uh, at price, friends and family, for, for you, I give you a bargain. All right. Listen, My man. Friend. What's and the. Uh, get, and I'm going wa- to watch the movie this weekend, definitely. Awesome. Yeah, let Mur- me know what you think, friend. Mm-hmm. Murder Anyone, now on Amazon. Murder Anyone. And uh, Apple TV, and uh, always a pleasure to have our friend Carla Collins with us, my friend. Thanks, Love pal. you guys. Love Thank you, too. you for having See me. you, Carla. All right. Bye. Namaste, laughing. Namaste. Wow. Namaste. <laughs> That's the funniest fucking joke that comes to LOA joke. It fucking kills me. <laughs> oh, and we'll try. Bye, Carla. Going. Yeah, just go. What a missed opportunity, man. Wow. You talking to me? Yeah, I'm talking to you. A missed opportunity. It was only going to cost you six bucks to look great, and you blew that opportunity. I know. Like, I could see if you sat down in a restaurant, the bill was like 40 bucks or something, but you could have looked like a real nice guy for six something in Wednesday, and you just, or in Wendy's, and just let it slip away. <sighs> no, I just, I thought I was looking like a really nice guy for driving her there and back. I thought that was the nice guy part oh, picking her up, just... driving her there. And no. he bought me dinner. And, and he, bought <laughs> he bought me, me Wendy's. <laughs> Fuck me. I, it is funny, though, how uh, funny. God damn it. Where's my list? It is uh, spellbinding. No, uh, whatever. I need a new one. It's uh, fascinating. Okay. Sure it is. That uh, I t- And I think we all do that. You know, you and I think about times on the show where things went, like, completely south. One of our most famous stories is the one about Alan Waxman. How ridiculous that was, and when other things have gone wrong—the Allen Cross on the Allen, you know, the Danger Boy across, all kinds of stuff. But in yeah. in the world of stand-up, the things that comics share are always the gigs that were horrible. Mm-hmm. You know, I did a horrible gig with Norm Macdonald. I don't know if mm-hmm. I've told the story about this, but I was on—I did a couple of gigs with him in the mid '80s. But he and I were doing a one-nighter north of Toronto, someplace. This was when comedy—the comedy was booming and all these clubs were turning their dance clubs into comedy clubs sometimes without stages sometimes but this was one of the worst setups i've ever seen where the audience was on a it was one of those dance floors where people could look down on the dance floor right then a ring around yeah yeah Yeah. and and i go on bomb and then norm freaking mcdonald who was shortly after was on saturday night live just Mm -hmm. ate it 
Mm-hmm. Just bombed almost wow. as worse than me. But I've, it's funny. That's the, when people ask me, have you ever worked with Norm? I go, yeah, I, I saw him eat it one night in a dance club. Well, yeah. I mean, obviously not the right environment for comedy. Yeah, you think? So the material could have been great, but there's another guy, eh? Norm MacDonald. It's, uh, you know, talking about Don Daynard. How does one achieve that status where no one, nobody has a bad word to say about you? No one. Well, I'll tell you one thing. We'll never know. Um, <laughs> by the way, I was wrong about something. I'm what wrong was that? about a lot of stuff. I was what wrong. What were you wrong about? Our, our friend uh, Sherpa Derpa is actually mm. on the road today. On the road again, Howard? He's on the road again. So okay. I'm going to need you, if you will, uh, do that for us. I'm going to get you some nice music here, and then we're going to talk. Actually, you know what? Let me get the... uh, Here's an easy one. Let me get you some Sherpa music, and then you do the Sherpa. Well, Tim is a portfolio manager who's on the road again, and uh, Raymond James is a uh, a member of the Canadian Investors Protection Fund, all right? And uh, Timmy... Uh, you know, we miss it when Tim's not on the show because he always, uh, his segment is always so interesting. Yes. But hey, he'll be by next week. If you have a portfolio, great opportunity. A lot of people portfolios and they're not sure you're on the right track. It's like, is this guy handling my money doing a proper job? Hey, Tim will have a look. He'll tell you straight up. And if you are on the right track, he will tell you that and let you continue. Well, not let you, but recommend you continue with your guy. But on the flip side of that, if you want to make a change, he's the guy. Many uh, Humble and Fred listeners have done it. Many Humble and Fred listeners have started portfolios with Tim. And again, the response, another guy, right, that nobody has a bad word to say about. Tim Niblett, the Retirement Sherpa, retirementsherpa.ca. So let me tell you about a little company. Uh, let me get rid of this because that's, that's, that's a trademark Sherpa. Can't have uh, Sherpa's music. Uh, Let me tell you about a company that uh, has been supporting us. And man, we do appreciate it. Don't think we don't. Of course, I'm talking about GoDaddy. GoDaddy. 25 years servicing 20 million customers worldwide. GoDaddy is where people come to get a domain, create a website, and everything else you need to get your business online. If it's an idea for a small business, maybe you've been sitting on it for a while, a side hustle. Maybe you want to launch a store, an online store. People are doing that. You can do it today. Find your domain, create your website, bring it to life because GoDaddy's got free, and I may say, a friendly 24-7 phone support. They're here to help you every step of the way. Try it out. No credit cards even required. Visit GoDaddy.ca to learn more. And now with more to learn, here's our man Fred. Well, you know, the Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan is Canada's number one group benefits plan for small business. Yes, it is. We've told you about it for several years now. And if you have a small business and you haven't jumped on board, you should take the time today. Chamberplan.ca is the uh, destination. There's a little pad badge there and it says uh, get a free quote. And you can. It's that simple. Find out how your small company can buy into this. There's several different levels. Yes, different prices, but you'll be pleasantly surprised it can be done. Uh, You know, they've been around for a lot of years. Um, And a lot of small companies 
have benefited from this, not only from the fact that, you know, the premiums are uh, manageable and they've held the line on them for years, but it does so much for the psyche of your employees. They love the fact that they work for a company that has a benefits package. I mean, it's great. It's prescriptions, it's dental, it's therapies, it's uh, a mental health component now, an HR uh, division. All things that you can tap into. It's the Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, chamberplan.ca. Uh, we got a few other things to get to. Obviously, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the Leafs tonight. But first, uh, we sort of said, and, and we're trying to stick to no, it. Oh, Leafs uh, tomorrow night, Howard. Okay. A, what? I think the I think the Scotiabank Arena was booked for tonight, so the game is tomorrow night. Are you kidding? No, I'm not kidding. Well, I was all excited about the game tonight. Well, it's tomorrow night. I'm going to be excited about the game tomorrow night now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, a few people had uh, emailed us. About the um, I, I was gonna I was contemplating you know, I've, <laughs> I've I've gone from not caring about the team at all to contemplating eating the same meal so as I, I don't jinx the team. <clears throat> Hang on a second, let me get rid of that. But uh, okay, so now I gotta have to worry about that. Now it's just uh, Dan Duran. Uh, but here's a couple of emails because we, we wanted to get a few of them on the show uh, so that the entire because Fridays would also get too long with the emails. This is from Amy Zimmer. He's a pretty new listener. Right. I think Amy Z uh, started listening to us around the time of the uh, curious case of uh, Voldemort. She says, okay, right. so you've been... I'm sorry? I said, right. Yeah. She says, okay, you've been taking a bit of... Uh, you've been talking... Excuse me. Oh. I'll puke. You've got to bring up. I'm going to bring up. I'm going to bring up. Okay, you've been talking a bit off and on about habits and Howard being obsessive about things such as learning Spanish. See, that is correct. Well, since I had to resign from my job suddenly a couple of months ago, listening to your podcast daily has become a habit and I'm so, in capital letters, obsessive about it. If I miss a day... I have intense FOMO, like I'm missing out on all the fun at a party. Just wanted to share that with you. Not sure I'm at the sharing my bowel movements phase of the relationship, though. Mm-hmm. A lot of our other listeners are. Having said that, I can relate to having poop accidents after giving birth to two huge boys that damaged my woohoo and surrounding areas forever. Mm. Yes, the woohoo can be damaged. Oh, yeah. So it's just not an old guy thing. The lady listeners, and I, mm-hmm. the lady listeners, says Amy, might know what I'm talking about. Hope that's not too much information. Ha ha, says Amy Z. Yeah. Life asks a lot of the vahoo when you think about it. Oh, man. Things going in, things coming out. Oh, geez, yeah. That thing takes a pounding. Oh, Jesus. My goodness gracious me. It certainly does. Having witnessed the uh, birth of two children, as you have. You're just thinking, how could something that big go in? You know, thinking, <laughs> but I guess the rest of the time, it doesn't have that much, doesn't have to do that much work. <laughs> you know, <laughs> compared to that. Exactly. Unless it goes your dad, 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 dad. Hi, guys. Uh, you Hi got guys. one for me? Hi, guys. Hi guys. 
Yes, uh, this is from Ian Kaz. Hey guys, years ago I was at our little small town pizza joint. I was picking up an extra large wheel for dinner, this being pizza, of course, and uh, paying by credit card. The owner grabbed the point of sales machine and I watched her tap the screen a bunch of times before she handed it to me. It was already set to tap insert card. Uh, I thought she was uh, raking me for an unsolicited tip. Uh, So on my way out, I grabbed a takeout menu with prices so I could do the math at home. Long uh, story short, I determined that the owner was simply tapping uh, past the tip screens to get the payment screen without adding a tip. Uh, She did it for me so as to avoid an awkward situation. Well, isn't that thoughtful? Needless Mm -hmm. to say, we've been supporting this business for years. And that's pretty cool. That's happened to me before as well, too, to be honest. What's Uh, that? These points where somebody has grabbed the machine and gone past yeah past the tip option so that you don't feel obligated yeah i love that yeah uh these point of sales machines only have one uh welcome screen and this pizza joint does have table service so i suppose that's the reason for the default tip option and again that's the reason for a lot of them i would assume a hundred percent and again uh hundy p since voldemort so a new guy as well yeah, that uh, one of our most uh, downloaded shows was the week, the, the day after all of that came down. And I know exactly when it was because it was around the same time that Andrew Crystal passed away. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and, I, and the reason I know this, I was in St. Thomas, where I, I play this golf tournament every year around the 20th, 21st of May. And I was in a restaurant, and that was the night I was texting back and forth with Andrew about Derringer. Mm-hmm. And I was with some buddies of mine, a little younger than me, and I came back to the table because I, I finally was... When Andrew said, hey, this thing is going to break, this story about Derringer, then I went and looked it up and I saw the Jennifer Valentine video and I came back to the table. I said, you guys, I said, you guys are not going to believe what's going to happen next week in Toronto media. And they were like vaguely aware of Derringer. And then that's when we did that Monday and Tuesday show where we broke it all down. And that's almost a year. Uh, thoughts going through my head over the past 24 hours again with uh, talking about the death of Don Daynard and the man passes away and nothing but wonderful things said about him and mm-hmm. how how cool that must be. I mean, he's dead. He doesn't know, obviously, but for his family. And then I thought of disgraced broadcaster John Derringer. And I mean, honestly, I did. And I thought, look at his legacy for so long, so solid unfairly because people didn't know what was going on behind the scenes but now if you google his name or when you know he eventually passes away which we all uh will um that's always going to be on him that's always going to be on him and that sucks you know and there's talk about oh yeah he received a lot of money to go away and everything but really what does that mean it helps believe me but in the end that's your legacy the way I, so, people talk about sad. what's the first line of your obituary going to be. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> oh, yeah. And, and, and again, thinking, I was thinking about Andrew recently mm-hmm. because I, I think you, you were on the Zoom call one morning before the show and I was kind of going through my <laughs> what? No, no, go ahead. No, I, I want to make another point later. Okay. Go well, on. I was going through Just... some stuff and deleting things off my little board here. Mm-hmm. 
you know, this is today's extra. Okay. And, uh, you know, little things we're not using anymore. And then I came across this. Uh, Nobody can take over for Humble and Fred. No, Humble Howard is uh, both Humble and Fred. Uh, Fred is a fantastic broadcaster, but Humble Howard is a extremely good and rich talent. He is a very bright guy. And in the 90s, um, he was unstoppable as a, you know, everything is time and place. But mm-hmm. the fact that he's so talented, he can reinvent himself. So I, I uh, and I thought, oh, that's fucking weird because I hadn't really thought of him in a long time. And uh, yeah, just the passage of time. Now, there was a guy not like Don Daynard. Lots of people had mixed reactions to Andrew. But there was a universal admiration for Andrew. Even the people that didn't get it or thought he was a bit rough and said weird shit. And, but he was a real character. So, you know, there's the guys that get remembered like Daynard. Oh, he's just wonderful and kind. But I'll tell you, there's a, there's a depth of character with Andrew that not very many people got. But everyone's sort of, I shouldn't say, not everyone liked in person. But I think they all got it with him. Well, that's... This was the point I was going to make. You look at Derringer, you look at Andrew Crystal. And listen, we heard it from people about Andrew Crystal. He's too hard to handle. He's hard to manage, right? Mm. Oh, yeah. So we're not going to give arguably the most talented talk show host in the city a shot. Meanwhile, this other guy, because, you know, the radio station, the revenue involved, not wanting to fuck with that. They were willing to put up with that guy who was hard to manage, who was Mm. sort of unreasonable, who was a handful. It's just interesting. You know, and listen, I understand money talks, money talks. That's the beginning, the middle and the end of the story. But it's just a little ironic. It is ironic, too, because Andrew was an infinitely more likable guy. Oh, like, and just a real, I mean, listen, you and I, you and I used to complain about him from time to time because anytime you got on the phone with him, you couldn't get him off the phone. And sometimes there were periods you went through it. I went through it where he would call us repeatedly, continually, and it got, you know, it got aggravating. But he was never anything but kind to us. And he was never anything but kind to other people. And that's why. I went to his New Year's Day thing probably, I don't know, three times. Mm -hmm. And I told you the first time I went, you know, I'm walking out and Hazel McCallion was walking in. I'm like, (laughs) Mm -hmm. the whole room was filled with people from all walks of Andrews that were, they just found the guy fascinating. Not just radio people, but people from all parts of the city, spectrum, political, uh, business-wise. Yeah, he had that ability. He was uh, he was a pretty confident guy that way. He could run in those circles without uh, really any uh, intimidation. Well, because he was his IQ is probably the highest IQ of anyone I've ever met. Mm-hmm. Like he was very yeah. very smart. Taken too early, Howard. Taken yeah. too early. Uh, by the way, Hazel's house in Mississauga is up for sale. Did you see that? I did not. Nestled in an affluent, uh, dis- not not over the top. They want three million bucks for it, which you know isn't crazy for mm, for Toronto. Yeah, that area of Mississauga, lovely home. Um, in need you- of some updates, I, I from you know I I took the tour of the house online. 
Um, but, but be- uh, yeah. Before we go, you've got a little more to do. I just wanted to point this out. The reason I'm playing this, I found out that uh, this song, for you Celia Dan nerds, uh, reached the, 20, the top 22 on Billboard's Top 100 chart. On this day, in 1981, a little time out of mind while Fred talks about this. Hey, let's talk about Bowdog. Um and look at some numbers here. You know, a big surprise, the series between the Colorado Avalanche and Seattle Kraken. Oh, yeah, Seattle Kraken. In Colorado, they're saying the... Oh, no, I won't say that. No, I'm not going to say that. Is it, <laughs> what? No, I'm not going to. I was just going to say something and then... Launch it. Got the best. Yeah, great. Because, you know, we um, you know we have a supporter here and we need to send them yes. the audio. <laughs> of course. Anyway, Good. Colorado and <laughs> Seattle. Good. No, it's tied 2-2, and uh, Avalanche have some um, uh, injuries, but they're still favored to win the series at uh, minus 225. But again, a bit of a surprise there. Uh, whether you're a sports better or, uh, you know, you're, you're someone that likes to not only watch the game, but bet on the game, uh, Bodog is a good destination. Absolutely. It is uh, from their industry-leading odds, world-class sportsbook, and uh, feature-rich poker room to their fully loaded casino and racebook. They've been providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience uh, since 1994. They got it all. Been all the sports, horse racing, it's all there. It's Bowdog. Well, we got a quite a quite a morning thanks to uh, Carla. Uh, Dan Duran's uh, last night here tonight will be, uh, I guess Dan Duran expects a parade tomorrow. So I guess we'll have some parading. Uh, and uh, tomorrow we'll read more of your emails and get you ready for the uh, Leafs game. And tomorrow, speaking of sports, I'm going to tell you about a uh, series that I started watching that I think uh, if you haven't watched, if you're a sports fan like we are, that you will love. Okay. Also, there's some leftover Trump stuff from today. <laughs> He's fucking insane, really is. Um, but what he it's one of those things where he, it's a story about him not wanting to be he's decided he's not going to take part in any primary debates. And, no, I know. And it's brilliant. Of of course it is because they don't he knows they'd bring up the lawsuits. Not and the insurrection. <laughs> anyway, we've well, got yeah, and the, yeah, of course. And yeah. all the and the, And he doesn't need to. He no, I know. Need to do. Well, let's talk about it tomorrow because we got another whole show tomorrow. And uh, I've got another show to record here coming up in a second. Uh, another uh, ep- episode of Swing Thoughts uh, out this weekend. Very good. Did you have something else you wanted to quickly say? Uh, no, we'll talk about it tomorrow. Fantastic. Looking forward to it. This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Bodog, Aaron Ventures, EVNet.ca, GoDaddy, and our newest sponsor, Architect Outdoor Living, better building by design. We read all of our emails, Humble and Fred at HumbleandFredRadio.com. Liking, subscribing really helps us out by charging up the getting noticed algorithm. So does getting your friends to listen to just one show. Just one show. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran. And remember, keep listening for all 59 compelling synonyms for interesting. Enjoy every gourd entrancing damn day. Enjoy every... Just enjoy every gourd damn day. Bottles and cans, just clap your hands, just clap your hands. Where's that?